for this voice of not being clear. Because it's like Deacon James said, it's just been a tack that I've had for six, seven weeks. I didn't lost track. But in my mind, as I complained about that I couldn't hear my praise to the Lord, and I wondered if he could hear my heart, if he could hear my whisper of when I was trying to praise him. And I said, I'm going to give you, God, all what I have. They still make me go to work and still want me to communicate. And my voice is coming in and going out. And I thought, only you, God, only you, God, whether it's a whisper or whether it's a loud scream, it's for you, Father. It's for you, Father. It's for you. And for you, Deacon James, and your family, God is working things out. It's not what it looks like. Because we all know things get worse before they get better. And as God is working things out, it's not just for your brother and your sister-in-law. He's working things out for other people along the way. Along the way. He does things unconventional. We want him to do things on our timeline. We set up, like Sharman, like Shani said, the expectation of what we expect him to do it this way and that way. And we want it done within a certain time frame. Because in our mind, just like you say, the family is going to fall apart. If he don't get healed quickly. And you see, they was a dynamic team, the two of them. But I'm here to tell everybody today, it's not two. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And when you throw yourself in, that's four. That's four. And we all have to stand alone. And as she was leaning on your brother to take care of things, now God's called her out that you need to step to this side. And when you line up, and lean on me and give him to me. Not a group text. Me. Lean more on me. Because that 25% that she was leaning on him to draw out of his well. His well has been capped out for a reason. For a reason. And as she needs to pull that 25% on the other side. And that's what happens to all of us 
we tap into wells that's not good for us. Not to say that we're throwing people under the bus, but he wants us to step near to him to realize you ain't in control. You're not in control because your brother is fighting a battle. He's fighting a battle that's difficult for him and difficult for his family. And as he fight for his life, like Shani said, death, each day he wakes up, God spared him and he got a new day. And death doesn't have to be somebody stretched out. Death is a sin that we carry and the things that we do that kills us. And God says all the time, he needs to kill all these things off of us to make us whole. So death is happening every day. Even with a heartbeat every day. And he said daily. Daily. And he says your daily bread. Daily. So we got to take a bite out of that bread every day. And like Shani says. Some's going to be big pieces for that day. You're going to sap it up in the oil. And you're going to eat it, and you're going to grin, and you're going to be happy. But some days, you're going to be weak. And you're only going to have the strength to just get there to get a crumb that's left over. And you're going to take that crumb. And once you take that crumb of that bread of life, that's all you need. Too much is not good for you. Not enough is not good for you. But he's got our portions designed for us. Our portions designed for us. Your brother has a portion. And he has a rope since he's been called. Since he's been chosen. He's got a rope that's around his waist. That's only going to let him go so far. And when he realized that rope is cutting into him. And he realized, I don't need this. He's going to walk into where he needs to be at. We all got things that hinders us from saying yes we say yes verbally because that's easy. But physically, we can't endure. And sometimes that yes and doing it physically, we put so much on us that until the stuff start falling off, we can't stand upright. And sometimes, I said, I get a little unsteady. I can't balance myself. And my mind tells me I'm going to fall. If you don't do something quickly. But God says, I got you. And you're one step 
away. Hold on. Peace be still. Look for the hills and keep your eyes on me. And you won't sink and you won't fall. But you ain't going to rush God because he is doing things with people along the way. And your brother is the leader of things happening. And that text is going to grow bigger. So somebody needs to start spitting the word out to them because you got their attention. And they're waiting when your sister, you tell your sister-in-law more word need to go into that. Because people are saying, oh, he done messed up again. He's a bad person. Why is he doing this? It's not about that. They are waiting and they're watching your brother. Your brother is the miracle. Your brother is the miracle. They're waiting for a miracle. They're waiting for your brother. To be raised from the dead. To take his graveyard clothes off. Spit the word out to him. Send the word out. See how many followers you're going to have. See how many followers. He didn't come home today. But glory be to God. I'm increasing my prayer today. Glory be to God. I want everybody. Let's say we're going to pray every 30 minutes. Hey, I want everybody on the line. Tweet me back of what God says. Tweet me back a scripture that's going to help me stand up. God seeks others. God seeks others. To get us where we need to go. He seeked others to get us where we need to go. God made a promise to him. And he made a promise to God. And that's between the two of them. Of when the final date is going to be for this. We don't get to write nothing in the book of life. We don't get to write nothing in the book of life. He told us about our salvation. He didn't even tell you when the last day of your salvation was going to be. He didn't even tell you what the first day of your salvation is going to be. He didn't tell you any of that. And he said, my word is the truth. It's when you say yes and you step in there, then that's when the things are going to start happening. And he ain't going to tell you you're going to have five babies, a wonderful husband, you're going to have this, you're going to have the job on the hill. He said, walk with me. And as you walk with him and you trust in him, things are going to happen. And they're going to happen according to what we do. And what we line up to. Because we are weeping willows. We lean this way. We lean that way. We lean this way. But we tell everybody we standing firm on the word. But we weeping. We weeping. A weeping willow. And that's all that tree do. It's not the tree of life. It stands there. 
and the wind blows, it goes this way. It goes that way. It goes that way. And the vines are weak on a weeping willow. And it's like, who would want a weeping willow in your yard? It's messy. It droops down all the time. And it's dragging all the time. A weeping willow. A weeping willow. Father, I thank you. That wasn't a word for today. But that was a word that needed to come forth. For you and for your family. So when you guys start praying for him, you pray with us, says the Lord, say for you to pray for him. I'm not telling anybody what to pray because the Lord is ministering to people and telling people different things to operate in different areas. That's not privy to me and may not be privy to the next. But God is a got a plan that he is working out. And we have to be patient. And the same thing that's going on with your brother is the same thing that's going on with each and every last one of us in here. It's the same thing. It's just a different situation. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. That we're fighting different things. Different things. That's holding us back. That's holding us back. And like Shani said, it's things that we can't let go. Or we keep saying we let go. But it's hindering us. And they come back. And we're going to get to that in the word. We're going to get to a little bit of that in the word because we want everybody to put our lives on fast track for situations. But don't put me on fast track for the things that does says the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer. And I'm going to ask Minister Kim, will she come and bring us a song? And you know what God gave you. I don't sing. And I can't keep up with names of songs. So you know. <laughs> you, you, you know. My car tried to stay in the same lane. <laughs> I stay in my lane. But Father, we thank you today, Father. We thank you today. It looks like... We're down in numbers. It looks like things are not going right in the church because illness is attacking each and every last one of us. But Lord, we know and we see as one got down ill, you placed another one right in his place. You can't keep the word down. You can't keep God's people Damn. Because you called us. You called us. And you put your protecting arms around our pastors. You gave them safe journey. And they still said yes. They called the weather back because the scripture says 
when I call you to do something, do it. They stepped out on faith. They used their power to keep the weather held back, held back, like Moses had to see, held back until everybody got through. And Father, we thank you. We thank you you chose us. We thank you that when the pastor say, will you, we say yes. That they've given us the truth. And they're helping us get the faith and the strength that when we call on, we say yes. And I thank you, Father. Go with us today, Father. Go before us, Father, because you're already with us. Go with us today, Father. And if anything that I say that gets off the mark of what you wanted in this vessel, Father, I ask you to let it go on deaf ears, Father. Restore me. I am the sacrifice today for you, Father. Put in me what you want the people to have. Remove Glenda this day, Father, because I don't want to sin against you. And I don't want to make your people stumble. Father, I ask you, shower down your anointing on me today, Father, for your word, your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. I've had some weary days. And some sleepless nights But when I, when I look around And I think things over All of my Good days outweigh my bad days. And I, Lord, I won't complain. Sometimes the skies hang low and I can hardly see the road. So I ask the question, Lord, why, why so much pain? Oh, but God knows, he knows what's best for me. Than my eyes can see, so I 
want to say, Woo! Thank you, Lord. More than this world could ever be. My God, he's been good. He wiped all of my tears away. Woo! And turned. I thank you, Jesus, my nights and today. Woo! So I have to say thank you lord Woo! oh thank you jesus they've been disrespectful but thank you lord hallelujah they were strung out on drugs but thank you lord Woo! Woo, jesus we was homeless but thank you lord Jesus, I won't complain. Won't complain. Won't complain. He told the Israelites on their journey, stop complaining. Stop complaining. Grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining. You starving to death over there. You don't get to worship your God the way you want to worship. Sit back and relax. Stop complaining. Let God be God. Let God be God. We complain too much. We complain too much. The things we should complain about, we keep our mouths shut. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. We 
ran the race for the wrong things. We stood too long in the wrong things. We suffered longer than we had to. Complaining. 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 Got the wrong people around you. Complain. Complain. No lifeline. No lifeline. Do something. Do something. So you don't have to complain so much. He says, praise your way through. Praise your way through. He didn't say complain and moan and groan your way through. He said praise your way through. Whether you put yourself there or whether you walking something out. Praise your way through. Stop the grumbling and complain. Stop the grumbling and complain. Because if he gave it to you, do you got the mindset to get through it? If he gave it to you too soon on your time, somebody's going to miss a healing. Somebody's going to miss something that he's got designed. That's why. He says, give it to me. And if you give it to him, and we leave it to him, and that's a hard part. We give what we know he can do, but we box him in on the things that we think he can. But when we get pressed against the wall, and your friends, and all the people that you think can help you, they say, they say, uh, girl, I'm glad it ain't me. They'll tell you that. I have no answers, and I'm glad it ain't me going through this. And they will go home, and I'm speaking the truth, because I'm speaking about me. Lord, don't let that come around here at this door, because I don't think I can handle that, and I don't want it. Not on East McCann's. Help them over there. But keep it from around here. And I'm going to pray for them. But I'm praying, you know, you find yourself extra praying extra hard for yourself. You find you praying extra hard for yourself and for your kids and for your people and for your family. Don't let that come over here. Ain't nothing wrong with our prayer. Ain't nothing wrong with our prayer. We just got to tweak it a little bit to pray. He said we are here for the other people, to serve the other people. But I tell you, I'll spend 20 minutes. Don't let that come up over here. And give you 10 out of that 30. I got to tweak some things. To flip it. To flip it. 
to give the people what they asked for. To give the people what they asked for. We're going to go ahead and get on in the word. The healing of Naaman. And it's going to be coming from the second Kings. The fifth chapter. The first verse down to the 19th. And we may go a little bit further. Whatever thus says the Lord. Second Kings. The first chapter. The, the fifth chapter, the first verse to the 19th. Confuse you here a little bit. But my Bible says the healing of Naaman. Now everybody think the healing of the Naaman was because he had leper. That he was a leper. He had leprosy. And a lot of people think that the healing was for the leprosy. But the healing was not the leprosy. I want to make that clear. Because as you read the scriptures and they talk about the leprosy, they say, go and you have been cleansed. Every person that was healed for leprosy, they say, go and you have been cleansed. They didn't say, you are healed. They say, go, you have been cleansed. And leprosy is a form, back then they thought of sin. And we have to look at it in that format. Because when the leprosy, I'm just going to say a little bit about the leprosy. The leprosy attacks the body. It makes things change the way deformity in your body as the leprosy goes on. And the leprosy, it starts off in the blood. Man can't heal this. And I just want to put a pin in there and do a little comparison. The blood of Jesus. It takes his, the blood of Jesus to heal a leper. So you guys know that. Man may think he can do a whole lot of things. But in that time frame, leper, nobody could touch that. But the people of God, that he gave the power to heal. To wash them clean. And then the priest still had to deem them to be clean. And they were still on the watch. So if you think about the leper and the leprosies, that's sin. As we have these sins on us, a lot of the sins you can conceal from other people. You can keep those things piped down so people won't know. But God sees all and he knows all. But as that sin starts growing, it starts taking roots like leprosy. Then it start coming from the bloodstream to the outside. And as that sin, you're sitting in that house with that sin and that leprosy, you are contaminating everybody in your household. Because your teaching starts changing. You start getting notions. And the devil's already came in. That's the best way to look at it. Devil's already came in and he didn't tuck hold into your something that you can't shake. 
and man can't shake off of you. And as you keep it, as you hold it, as you dress it up, and you have people make excuses about it. Everybody's family was like that. They all, their family always been short with people. It's a sin. It's a sin. We dress it up. We dress it up. Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. And that's pretty much where I want to go is with this leprosy. I want you to understand about this leprosy. We'll go into the time with, with Naaman. Naaman was a big shot. He led the army. He was second to the king. He had everything. They even put the crown on his head. When he came back from battle, you so good. They sung songs for him. He rode in on his chair. He walked up. Even they say his name fit his stature. He had it all. He had it all. That's what he thought. He had it all. Parading around like a peacock. I'm next to the king. I got favor with the king. But he didn't have it all. You're not God. King can't help you. And he lived in Syria. And where Syria, where they lived that, they, had, they were heathens and pagans. They did what they wanted to do and they worshiped false gods. He was in a place of utter darkness. And that's what we do. And sin get us, and that's what they say. You got to come to the light. Like Shani said, you got to come to the light. When you got that sin, you parading all around in darkness and stuff, and everybody sitting there looking at you in darkness, and you just too notch ahead of me, but we're all dying. We're all dying. We're all dying here. And God had gave him favor of winning the battles that he fought. God gave him favor. So God was already in the process of using him. But Naaman had to be knocked down a couple notches to realize you're not God. And your king is nobody. Don't matter how much money you got. It don't matter how the people just say, oh, there he is. Everybody step back. There he is. You nobody. Until God calls you and transform you into what he called you to be. But you got to be a willing participant. You got to be, that's the key. You got to be a willing participant. And here Naaman had already captured this little girl that was from Israel through the war, and which is what nothing unusual, you know, they took people as captives and made them slaves and stuff. But here this little girl is God using things and using people in a situation. She kept saying, the prophet, Elisha, can help our master get healed. 
She's spreading the word. But as the scripture tells me, nobody in Israel at that time of Elisha's throne, that he was a prophet there at that time, that Naaman was the first one that was healed for leprosy. So this little girl has already heard and we had already had the word in her heart. But there had to be some transitions. They had to get him from point A to point B. And this little girl led the way. She led the way. She didn't trick them to say once you get over there, they're going to pay you for being mean and wide the way. I want to go to my mama and daddy. Take me back. She didn't. She did her part. When God calls us and we're part of the plan, you got to do your part and no more. No more. We get in trouble because we want to do more. They tell us to take the baton over to Sister Veronica, but I got to stop and let Deacon James touch it, Tonka anoint it, and then here's Sister Veronica. That ain't what he said. Do your part and do it in the sequence that he told you to do it. Because when you don't do it, you're putting your life at risk, whether we realize it or not. You're putting your life at risk. That you may not get a second chance to fix it. So, the little girl found the message family got to Naaman. And Naaman was sitting there thinking about that. You know, like I say, he was a peacock. Everything had to go in a parade. The best horses, the other people lined up. I got to be in the front. We already know, says, be in the back and wait till he call you to be up front. We already know that. But he had to be going to parade. Let you know who I am, and I want what I want, and I want it now. We got to wait on God's plan. And Naaman goes to the king. And it's the funniest thing. This tells you how God works. First of all, you had to tell people you was unclean. That was the law. Why he roaming around in camp, running up in the palace, you a leper. You need to be outside of the city. And probably part of your people need to have been went to the priest to see what they had. But you roaming around. You thought you had this beat. And I'm sure he saw that rash coming on. Put no more on. I ain't going to tell nobody. I ain't going to tell nobody. I ain't going to tell nobody. We know how that worked. And I ain't going to tell nothing until they figure this out. When they figure it out, then I'll confess up. But in the meantime, ain't none of their business. Because they're going to think something different of me. If I tell them, they got issues too. Let them deal with their own. Stay out of my business. That's the thought process that the devil in and trade in and help you go backwards and forth. When you're going backwards and forth with a conversation like this, this lets you know something needs to die. Something needs to die. I figure like this. If me and the devil have a conversation, we talk about it two or three times, and we sitting in the conversation, go back, go back. And go back like a game of tennis. When you tap, when he taps that ball back to you, you better pick the ball up and put it in your pocket and say, game over. Like Shani said, game over. Because you're going to outdo me out here. And I'm going to do something strange. 
And we always say, God always wants to do something strange. They don't make sense. We do strange things that don't make sense. All the time. We do stupid stuff. Sin gets on us. I'm going to tell you, you're in a bad relationship. Sin gets on you. You know it's a bad relationship. I'm just, I'm just going to put this out there. I'm going to move on. And I'm just using this analogy. You sit up all night waiting. I know that joke better get it back in here. I'm getting in my car. Let me get these kids up. I'm going over there. I'm going over there. What you going to do when you get there? You do stupid stuff. You got your babies in the car. You weaving in and out of traffic. Then you go back home, you mad. They put their key in the door, come in. I ain't saying nothing to you. Don't say nothing to me. It makes, think about the stupid things that you do in your life. But we don't want to do anything unusual for God. We don't want to do anything unusual for God. But that sin gets on us, and just like that leper, once it popped out, he saw that oozing, and then you get desperate. So I got to take somebody else out before they take me. And we the same ones, before we got into these bad situations, we told people, I knew not me, not one, not one, not me. I ain't going to do this. I ain't going to do that. Ain't going to tell somebody else how to fix something. And we'll go and tell people how to fix stuff all wrong. Girl, I rolled over there and bust that girl in her head. But you know what I'm saying? Besides saying, you need to pray yourself through this situation. Stop complaining. Think about what's going on. Because your leprosy. Now everybody is seeing your leopards. I call it your lepers. You can't dress that one up because it's on the news. You can't dress that one up because somebody didn't tweet it or put it on Facebook. And so now it's that leopard is busting on out. It's growing because you gave it a little life to it. You gave a little life to it. And that life that you gave him came from the devil. It came from the devil. It wasn't of God. Because God said, come over here and let me cleanse you. You said, no, let me cover it up. You said, let me cover it up. And as that one sins develop into other sins. They didn't tweet it about you. Now you're going to get on there and you should stay out of my doggone business. That ain't got nothing to do with you. I saw your man out there too. You know what I'm saying? Now, we're going to go and throw mud on somebody else. Because another sin had came uncovered. And the devil going to give you something to go along with it. He going to boast you up. He going to give you pride. He going to give you those things that's not Christ-like. And you think you're doing something. You think you're doing something. 
and God is sending people along the way that's, that's trying to help you come this way. And your mind is made up. Just give me a few minutes when I go over there and set this side straight. They ain't coming back over here with that. That's what we think. Let me, you, you just let me go there. I'm going to tear them all up in that house. I'll be back. You wait right here. I'm going to need two prayers. One that I don't go to jail. And the other one is going to be for me that you say I need. That's our thinking process. That's our thinking process. I want you to fix it. But I want to be the bully that's going to get in there and tear up some stuff. Want to do it ourselves. So his name and he had the wrong people. He wasn't quite sure of the direction that he should be going for his help. But he knew enough that he was winning those battles that it wasn't because of his people. He knew that enough, that he had enough in him that said, something's not quite right, that I want to go and get it to fix me. And sometimes when you're going to get fixed, you come to the church and you say, hey, Lord, hey, pastor, pray for me. I've been having this headache. I've been having this. God said, you better go and give them that other stuff they need that they don't want to talk about. You see what I'm saying? Give them they two for one. Because God always say, you come for one thing, I'm going to give you something else. I'm going to help you with something else. You know, and then you be wondering, like, why don't people don't bother me no more? Think about it. Think about it. He helping you when you don't want to help yourself. But you came for the one thing, and I'm going to give you something else. I'm going to increase for you. For you. So you will come back thirsty because he ain't going to pass up the opportunity. He wants you to come back to that well. And he wants you to know where to go, where your resource is at, where your power is at. Because you can't beat everybody up. Yeah, you can't, you, you, you can't beat everybody. And, and you ain't going to call on God like in the battle and say, oh, come on, bring him on down. It ain't going to happen because he don't take part in that. So when you jump out there, you better be physically fit and ready to go. Because if you think that way, somebody else is thinking that way too. Yeah, you be saying, I can take. You're right. You're going to take what they put on you. And it's going to give you a setback. Gonna give you a setback, and I'm here to tell you when somebody knocks you down a couple notches, you can see them four hours in Walmart. You're like, I ain't gonna be fooling that. You go on over and stay out of their way. I ain't dealing with that today. Now, you may get to the car and say, Such and such thought she was gonna look at me crazy, but you knew you was getting out the way, you wasn't gonna deal with it because you didn't got knocked down. A cup of notches. In other words, you got put in your place. That you shouldn't been out there anyway. You shouldn't be out there anyway. So Naaman went on to his king. His king. 
that had favor with him. And the king says, you know what? I'm going to send you with some gifts. Go on over there and take this to the other king. And go on to get your healing, boy. Get on out here. Go on to get your healing. So the process started. He was just probably just happy and singing along the way. I got these extra wardrobes. I got silver. I got all these gifts. All the good stuff. I'm out of here. The king just sent a letter. That king got to gotta respond. And the thing to me is, you're going to take a letter. That's like going to the bank teller and saying, here, take this note, give me $50. You know you got $50 in the bank, so that means you're trying to rob me. You know what I'm saying? Somebody probably say, you got more money in the bank. You go to the bank and you go handling with the wrong people. And you hand that teller a note and say, I got $50. Give me that $50. You mess around, put the wrong count number on there and see where you're going to go. She's going to say, what's your number again? You sit around there and slide that back up together again to her. You're going to jail. Because that means you are here to rob the bank. You see what I'm saying? You're going to jail. So as he went over to the other king, he riding up in there, come on up in there. And I'm thinking, you know, as I read the story, how dumb are you? How dumb are you? The leprosy has really then ate you up. Now here you the head man. You got your soldiers with you, your chariot, and you want to go in. You don't know what the king put in that thing. It's sealed. You don't get to read it. You don't get to read it. Can I come in? Yeah, you come in. Yeah, you do your ritual. He opens this thing up. And then the king says, how do I supposed to heal you? I don't have that power to heal you. You come up in here. I don't have that power. I don't care what your king said. To me, this is a trick. This is a trick. I don't have that power. So the king ripped his clothes to represent something this ain't good. This ain't good. This ain't good. Now you done sent these people here that you want to pick a fight with me and my people. I hadn't did anything with you. I we haven't had no problems with you, even though you didn't captive my people. So they tell you there's been some running in somewhere because they had some of his people as captive. No, you take your stuff and you go. We don't want no problems. The king said, we don't want no problems. And his naming storms out of there. But God kept his cool down to where he was level-headed enough because it wasn't his time yet because he could have said, you know what? I didn't kick everybody's butt all around here in North South. You know what? I don't care what my king say. I'm going to get my people. We coming back. What I got to lose? I'm dying. And you got the power to heal me and you going to let me die? I'm killing everybody. I'm killing everybody. Because victory is mine. I didn't whip everybody. 
What y'all going to do? What y'all going to do? But as I say, God gives us the portions that we need at that time to keep things contained. So he walks out of there. And I know as he was probably was thinking, I'm going to beat the crap out of that little girl when I get back to the house. Because that's been my thought. I'm going to beat the crap out of her. You got me coming in here. You going back to the fields. You got me coming down here. Doing all this looking stupid. No, it can't nobody do nothing. I done went to the king. Now I look bad. Now he think I'm stupid. I done came over here to this king. Now the people laughing at me over here. And I'm just out here looking stupid. Walked up here waiting for my naming and claiming today. And I'm looking stupid. But as the story go on, the prophet, he didn't even have to leave his house. He knew. God people know. God people know. He knew what he was called to do. And he knew this was going to be something big for him and for God. And he had to handle it the right way. He had to handle it the right way. And the prophet wasn't going to let anything get in the way. Because when it came, when the chess piece moved over and it was the game was in his hand, he was playing that hand. And he wasn't going to let nobody else mess up that hand. So as Naaman found out that he's supposed to go out to the prophet, he still didn't learn nothing. You riding up there, giddy up, giddy up, giddy up from everybody. Oh, everybody get behind me. Got all these gifts. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy salvation. And if people want to sell you your salvation, you got a problem. You better walk away. You better walk away. But as he go up there, he had in his mind how he was going to be healed. He had in his mind how it was going to play out. He had his little gear on, looking good. Walking up there. You're still a leper. You're still full of sin. You're still unclean. You still got pride. You still don't want to bow down. You still don't have enough faith to get you what you need. So as he went up there, the prophet sent the servant out and said, go out and do it and rip and dip up seven times. He got mad. He got mad. I can see him standing and looking at the river like, you got to be kidding me. Now y'all done made me look stupid the third time? Uh-uh. I'm mad now. I'm mad. That was a straw that broke the camel's back. It's its own. He mad. You didn't come out here and wave your hands. You didn't come out here to call your God, to have your God to remove this off of me. But in this process, Naaman was still getting changed. Now he was recognizing the prophet's God. He was recognizing there was a change that already started that he had to get off his high horse, humble himself down to get what he need to get. So if you want to be cleansed and you want to have the change, you got to do something. Get off that high horse. 
and humble yourself. The prophet didn't care nothing about your little old corn you had on your head. He didn't care nothing about all those little meadows dangling off your stuff. He didn't care about that. The prophet said, I'm here for the Lord. And I'm here to do God's business. And I'm going to do it according to step by step. And you are not going to rush me. You are not going to intimidate me. You came to me. You can't force me to give you anything from God unless God said give it to you. Standing out there all day, all night. Camp all day, all night. Because the prophet wasn't afraid. Because the power was inside the house. And he knew he had the power. He didn't care nothing about him out there. He said, servant out there. And he said, you got, you're going to send a servant? I'm a man of status. And you're going to send a servant? You don't even come out? You didn't even open the curtain back on the window and say, I see you? You a leper. When you think about it, you a leper. Why won't you come out and touch a leper? When they already told us, you're going to make me unclean. Why won't you come out there? But that wasn't the mindset of the prophet. The prophet knew that he had to do it according to plan because scripture says even though he had the power, not one leper in Israel had, to, had been healed. And there was plenty of leopards. And he knew this man, a statue, that wants to parade, he going to send him back with something to go back to his heathen place and they going to look at him and he going he gonna to let them know God is real. God is real. Change your ways. Change your ways. And as he was getting hot and huffy, name is hot and huffy, don't make no sense. Didn't wave his hand, didn't come out, didn't do nothing. Want me to get in that dirty water? We got clean water. I could have stayed at home and got in the water. Well, I'm sure you've been bathing every day and nothing happened. I'm sure you've been, they say you've been going with your king to worship his pagan gods. Every time he wants to go, you had to be there with the king. Nothing happened. Now, all of a sudden, you got an idea of how things are supposed to happen. Because God just showed you a little bit. He gave you a little bit. And now, we get a little bit, we want to speed up the process. Lord, you promised you'll do this. Yeah, he said, I promise it. But I didn't tell you the time. I didn't tell you the time. I didn't tell you you was going to get to see it. And even the ones that he told them that it was going to happen, he told them, you ain't going to get to see it. You ain't going to get to taste it. And even the ones he told them time, the children of Israel, he said, 200 years, these people are going to be enslaved. Those people wasn't living. They was living long, but they wasn't living 200-something years. So God takes some of his his, his, his servant and his crew, name his crew, as they rolled off hot and mad. And I know they probably thinking, man, you got to keep going out of here. We sitting out there in the heat and you going up in there drinking and coming back out mad. Then we got to deal with you. Because when you got to deal with somebody that's a leper, they get mad, they get bent out of shape, they mess up the air for everybody. 
And then you tiptoeing around stuff because they didn't put an elephant in the room. And you praying yourself through, Lord, let me get through this day because I don't know what they got on them. I don't want it on me. Because you messing up my day now. Now what you had happened at home, you should have left it at home. Don't bring it to work and put it on everybody else. You need to deal with it. I'm dealing with mine. You deal with yours. So as they started talking, as they started talking to him, they said, my Lord. Now, if the prophets say to go and do something simple like that, wouldn't you think it'd be good to go and do that? You know how we get. Ain't nobody asked you nothing. You know what I'm saying? When you mad, now ain't nobody asked you nothing. And you know, the worst thing is you don't want to talk to nobody that's mad. You go up to them, you be like, well, it's not going to be, don't tell me nothing what it ain't going to be. You ain't here. You're not in these shoes. So a lot of times you just step back and you don't say nothing. You just shut up. Because some people get so hot-headed that things turn on you. It turns on you. And here this man is with power. They got to feed their families too. So they handling him gentle. That's what God said. Handle people gently. And so he said, the other servant says, well, my Lord, if the king would ask you who did something, would you not have done it? You need what the prophets got to give you. What have you got to lose? Is it name and thought about that? God's working things out. God's working things out. That's letting at that point, Naaman was realizing, I ain't nobody. He treated me like I was nothing. The prophet treated me like I was nothing. And if I want what he's got, I got to change this thinking process. I got to do something different. And as he thought that out, he knew his road was death. And he knew he couldn't keep his spot for long. Because the formative was already starting to settle in. And he knew it was going to be a matter of time. And sometimes, like Shani said, expiration. They put a due date on stuff for a reason. And if you don't get it taken care of, something is going to happen. And you may not have time to get an extension. And so he thought about it. And as he went back, he didn't go up there and say, you sure you want me to do? He took those pride for clothes off. Got himself dressed to meet God one-on-one. To meet God. Because sometimes we can, put a, we can put a shirt on because it says Tommy Hill figure and make us feel like we got something. You see what I'm saying? We can wear our hair a certain way and it make us think we got power. You know what I'm saying? He had to be stripped of the things that made him think he was somebody. 
And as he went over, he was complaining about that river. The river of death. Why I got to go in the river of death? And the reason why they were saying it was the river of death, because that was, a, that was where they crossed over. The Israelites. And all the people got killed when, the, when it got closed back up. The Deaf Sea. Why I got to get in the Deaf Sea? You got sin on you. The sin has to die. And God says, for forgiveness of your sin, throw it out into the sea. Throw it out the sea of forgiveness. You can't find it. You can't find it. And you complaining. The water's dirty. The water's murky. But you forgot. Those people walked over that water to the promised land. Those people, this prophet, he's one of them. And he's got the answer for you. For your salvation. But as he got down in the water, I can see him. Because the scripture say he went by himself. I can see the rest of his crew just standing back on the bank thinking, I'm not getting in that dirty water. Let's see what's going to happen. You know, kind of chuckling to themselves. You know how we do it. Mm -hmm. I want to see this. I got to see this. And I can see as he got in there. Because it says dip. So he had to go out in the middle of it, deep enough past the height, or so close to his height of his body, so when he dipped down, it came up. And I can see as he went through there, he did the first step of faith. He says, I want what you got. I want what you got. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I know I'm humbling myself. And I don't know about you, God. But I know the prophet said, do it, and I'm going to do it. And he walked out there. And he took that first dip. And I could see him coming up. And as he looked, he saw things clearing up. Because his mindset probably was, if I go in here and I'm going to do this first dip, and ain't nothing happening, screw him. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to do something else. I don't know what. You know the mindset. I don't know what. But I'm going to try something else. And as he went on in there, he took that second dip. And as he took that second dip, that faith would start generating. That faith started increasing. His mind started changing. And I can see him out there dipping like a madman. Just going under. Coming back up. Turning around. Saying thank you Jesus. Because that sin as those lepers, as those balls came off, as those problems that he had, they was floating down in the sea of life that they called the Dead Sea. They were coming off of it. And I could see myself. I can't swim in afraid of that water. I'm going out there. I want life. I choose life. Dip me. Dip me. That's what we got to do with the sin we got. Quit carrying it around. He said, throw it in the sea. Go get dipped. Go get dipped. And as he did that, seven is a complete number. Seven is a complete number. He didn't sit out there and say, one for the road. 
He followed the plan. He followed the plan. The original plan. He followed that plan. He said, I bet you when he got to six, things was looking good. He hit that seventh one, and it said that his skin came out like a child's skin. And so in order to see his skin, I'm becking he was in there butt naked. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? That he was in there. They said his whole body. It didn't say he had to come out and raise a robe and look. He said his skin was like it was like a child. He accepted salvation. He was cleansed. And while he was in there being cleansed, God said, make you whole again. I'm going to change your mind. I'm going to change your heart. You ain't going to see things the same no more. Because you're going to be my mouthpiece. When you go back over to that land of darkness, they're going to know that this is the true God. And you're going to let them know. And they're going to respect what you have to say about the true God. Because you are a man of stature. And the king is going to listen to you. And as he got situated, you got to give thanks to God. Got his gear back on. Got his head straight. Prophet. Now you know how to talk to people. Now you know how to act right. Yeah, you got some do-good in you now. You done got it. You got some do-good in you. Now the prophet is ready to receive you. And when the prophet responded to him, you have been cleansed. He didn't say healed. He said, you have been cleansed. No more leper. And as Naaman was there, he said, by the way, my Lord, I got to go up there with the king. When he go and worship those bad gods, now he know the difference. Would you please have mercy on me? Because it's my job to lead him in there with those pagan gods. It's my job to bow down with him. And you say bow down only to you. Nobody told him that. When he came out of that water, like I say, he had a new mind. He had a new mind. God put in him what he needed him to do to go and do. He was thinking differently. He was thinking differently. Probably grinning at it. And as he said, he says, peace be God. Can I have some of your dirt? Take as much as you need. That's the way God is. Take as much as you need that's going to keep you sustained to do my work. So as he filled the donkeys up, he says, I got gifts for you. Like just the salvation you don't pay for. I will not take your gifts. This is free to you. This is free to you. And the message is he was sending. Don't send your people when you go back with wealth. They think they're going to come back and going to get what God's got for his people. God got for his people because he called his people and it requires something of you. Yeah. 
You can't come in here and think you're going to prostitute me out and say, I bought you a Gucci bag, but I want you to say something foolishness. I want you to take sides with me on something foolishness. He said, no, no, no. No gifts. No gifts. No gifts. Be gone. Be gone. Let the people know. Let the people know. As Naaman was leaving. The servant. The servant. You sit back. You sitting out there as Elijah's doing his work. Elijah's doing his work. You watching all this stuff happen. You watching the healing happen. And you got everything you need. You this close to the prophet. You know that everything from Elijah was passed down to Elisha. All you had to do was buy your time and stay close to him. That he had to pass the mantle on to somebody else. You know he see all, he know all. But you got caught up with your little piece of sin. With your leper spot. You standing out there looking, boy, don't them donkeys look good? Look at them Jews. Two pieces of fine wardrobe, garment. Not thinking. Caught up. Caught up with sin. You had time to stand out there watching. Making a plan. How you going to get this? So you skip on out there. Holding them up. From going to let spread the great news. Still trying to mess up God's plan. That's the devil. Still trying to stop naming to get back to tell the people what just happened. And so the people in Israel can hear that you, you can be healed a leper. That you got a prophet right here on your soul waiting for you. But you go. And you, you, you caught up. And you get there. And you lie on the prophet. You lie on the prophet. And you guys know where I'm going with this. You get caught up in your scenes. You start lying on other folks. I didn't drive. I was just riding. I didn't steal the earrings. I was just there. I didn't know it was in the buggy until I got to the car and put it in the car. I didn't know. I didn't know. Lying on other folks. You see what I'm saying? Lying on other folks. But you don't lie on God's people. There's a price to pay. There's a price to pay. If you don't get anything else, you keep your mouth off God's people. You better get, if, if it comes up and it wells up in your mouth, you better start humming. You better drink some water. You see what I'm saying? Save yourself. Save yourself. You know, you start getting wheezy. You, 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 you start getting wheezy to the stomach and stuff start happening in the mouth. Man, you better choke your tongue. You better swallow your tongue if you have to. But as he got there, he ran up to him, my Lord. Uh, 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 the prophet said he'd take some of that stuff. 
And Naaman was so excited because you pay people a gift for your appreciation. So now he changed his mind. So Naaman is all excited. Oh, he's going to take something from me. I'm so excited. I gave something back. He filled me up and I restored and gave something back. And as he took that stuff, you're going to go and hide it. And then you're going to rush back into the house like you can sit down like you ain't did nothing. And the prophet says, where were you? Then you're going to lie twice. I've been here all the time. What you talking about? And probably was aggressive about it. At this time, you didn't tuck on two sinful acts because now you got to get a little aggressive with it to make him believe that you ain't never went nowhere. I didn't go nowhere. I've been right here with you. Now you want to make me crazy. You know, you want to make me crazy and make me think. The prophet said, no. I see all. My spirit knows with you. My spirit knew what you did. You wanted all this man had. You wanted to put all this fancy clothes on. You want to look good. I'm a, I'm a, he said, I'm going to do you a favor. Paraphrasing. I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to let you keep those clothes. I'm going to let you keep that silver. I'm going to let you keep it. But while we're on the topic, you're going to take the leper to come with it. You're going to take the leper to come with it. And not only are you going to take the leper, you're going to your family and generation to generation is going to take the leper with it. You don't mess up God's plan. Because something had to be done. Because you messed up with greed. And you thought you was going to step in and mess up all this good work that God's done. By wanting a few pieces of silver. And all you had to do was go to the prophet and say, prophet, my Lord. My family would like to look a little bit nicer. I've been faithful to you, my prophet. And he probably would have told him, get you some. Get you some. My father said, you can have what I have. You can have what I have. You can have what I have. You working alone beside this man, side by side. You up when he up. He praying, you hearing, you seeing what he see. But you wanted a garment and two pieces of silver that you didn't even have to leave where you live at to even spend it. Because you had everything that you needed. You had the better piece of the pie the name and had because you had the faith and you knew firsthand what could happen but you got it twisted you should have been dipping out in the dipping out in the Jordan River with him 
but you got caught up. 